Thanks, John, for that reading. Appreciate that. In my school days, I enjoyed manual arts. It was probably my, one of my favourite subjects beyond lunch, uh, little lunch and big lunch. That was, they were definitely my favourite subjects. But in high school, uh, if there was a subject that I could apply myself to a little bit more, it was probably the manual arts and tech drawing and those sorts of things. And I particularly liked woodwork and metalwork. And in metalwork, we learned about solder, a metallic solid substance that when heat is applied melts and can be applied to other metal objects and joins them together. We learnt to solder through a variety of different methods from the delicate electric soldering iron to one that I'm not so happy about being defined as vintage um, because that suggests something about my age then if we're talking about a vintage soldering iron using a copper soldering iron and a gas furnace and our uh, teacher had this concrete pipe that uh, had a gas blowtorch heating up the head of the soldering iron. And there was a mixture of both art and science required to be mastered so that you could get the soldering iron to the right heat to be able to transfer the heat onto the metal object and then melt the solder into a state of flux. The heat then enables the solder to move freely to be transformed and to take on a new state, securing two metals or more, if you've got three or four metal objects, safely together into the future. Without that heat, without achieving that state of flux, the transformation of the metal object would not have been possible. In the kitchen, the making of jelly has some similarities to solder. What was once solid crystals combined with hot water and when it's added is uh, a transformative agent that makes a variety of desserts that have been celebrated by kids across the world. In life, living in a state of flux is one of those times in life which is frequently met with frustration because of our sense of uncertainty that we find ourselves in. You know, those times when you look at the world around you and it is different, perhaps due to a decision you've made, but often coming as a result of matters beyond your control. You wake up for the first time alone in your bed. You walk out of a doctor's office and the world will be forever different. You find yourself in the manager's office given the news that you're being made redundant. You leave school and you're not flux. Throughout the story of God at work in human history, we discover time and time again, God using this period of uncertainty, this state of flux as it were, as a significant... In Genesis 12, a 75-year-old Abram moves into a place of uncertainty, moving to a new land with promises and to be a great nation. Genesis 37, Joseph, an immature boy prophetically dreams of a time when things would be radically different. Moses, in Exodus 2, experiences an identity crisis which ends up with him on the run and his world being turned upside down. David, in 1 Samuel 16, has the nation's prophet speak as God powerfully comes upon David. Saul, in Acts 9, is going about his business when God blindsides him. 
for each of these and many others throughout history, God moves people out of their stability, out of their security, into a place of uncertainty, into a place of flux, where both they and God. So, how should we respond when we find ourselves in a state of flux, in that place of personal? For Joseph, sold as a slave by jealous brothers, then framed for a fabricated sexual assault on his boss's wife, Joseph ends up in jail. And David has the king of Israel, Saul, trying to kill him several times because of Saul's jealousy of David. Joseph and David each find themselves living in a state of flocks, not where they thought they should be, because of situations through situations that were beyond their... For us today, we can have our world thrown into a state of flux due to circumstances beyond our control. But just because God has not caused does not mean for Joseph and for David, they both learn valuable lessons through this state of flux. Many of the Psalms that we read about, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. These types of psalms were written by David while on the run from Saul. Psalms that we can turn to for comfort, for reassurance when life is in a state of uncertainty for ourselves, a state of flux. Small towns were helped by David while he was on the run. For Joseph, he could have easily sought revenge um, on his brothers for selling him into slavery. But this was Joseph's summary on the state of flux and uncertainty that he was thrown into because of their actions. In Genesis chapter 50, verses 19 to 21, we read these words. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. He's talking to his brothers. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured him by speaking. Times in our life when we're in a state of flux and uncertainty are fertile ground for God to do amazingly our lives. You know, when we experience a state of flux, we can try and take control of the situation. The more things seem like they're getting out of control, the more we can desire to try and hang on. And if we can't hang on to that, we try and control other things in our life as well. And we can actively um, press against and rebel against that state of flux. Or we can actively engage in it and be fully present in that space. For Abram, when he grew impatient with God, he tried to take matters into it. God promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have a son. And it wasn't happening fast enough. And when that state of flux stuck around way too long much longer than what he wanted. Abraham ended up, under Sarah's advice, sleeping with um, Sarah's um, support person, Hagar, um, her head servant. And they, Abraham and Hagar, had a son named Ishmael. This wasn't what God wanted. And Abraham and Sarah's impatience, trying to take control of things, caused no end of for their life. Similarly, Moses felt that God was setting him up to rescue his people, but he wasn't aware, he wasn't sensitive to God's timing. So he took matters into his own hand. And in Acts chapter 7, verses 23 to 25, we read this account 
of the life of Moses. One day when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. So Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed that his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. When we're in a state of flux, we can so easily want to try and regain control rather than fully where God wants to be. And when we're in a state of flux, we can be tempted to try and find a shortcut, an easy way out of that situation. Compare Abram and what he was up to and how he tried to take control and tried to find a shortcut to achieve what he believed God wanted to achieve to that of David. Abraham was prepared to compromise his integrity, to make his life easy and it all came unstuck for him. On another occasion in Genesis chapter 12 verses 17 to 20, we read these words, But the Lord sent terrible plagues upon Pharaoh and his household because Sarai, that's Sarah, and Abram, uh, Abram's wife, um, because of Sarah, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh summoned Abram and accused him sharply. What have you done to me? He demanded. Why didn't you tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? and allow me to take her as my wife. Now then, here is your wife, take her and get out of here. Pharaoh ordered some of his men to escort them, and he sent Abram out of the country, along with his wife and all. Abram was prepared to compromise his, in- compromise his beliefs, his values, because of, because of things not being in control in the way he thought they should. Compare that to David. David, while on the run, could have tried for a shortcut to take matters into and compromise his integrity. But instead, in 1 Samuel 24, verses 7 to 13, we read this. After Saul had left the cave and gone on his way, David came out and shouted after him, My Lord, the King. And when Saul looked around, David bowed low before him. Then he shouted to Saul, Why do you listen to the people who say, I'm trying to harm you? This very day you can see with your own eyes, it isn't. For the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave. Some of the men told me to kill you, but I spared you. For I said, I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. Look, my father, at what I have in my hand. It's a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. This proves that I'm not trying to harm you and that I have not sinned against you, even though you have been hunting me, uh, hunting for me to kill. May the Lord judge between us. Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you are trying to do, but I will never harm you. As that old proverb says, from evil people come evil, so you can be sure I will never harm you. When we face times of uncertainty, rather than trying to take control or regain control, rather than compromising yourself, your values, just to get through it quicker, we need to be open to what God... You see, God wants to use these times to help you to be better, to prepare you. Paul spent three years away from others studying God's Word to better understand it, to help him to prepare for what God wanted him to do. For Joseph... We discover in Psalm 105 verses 17 to 22 this. 
Then he sent someone, that is, God sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar. Until the time came to fulfill the dreams, the Lord Joseph's character. Then Pharaoh sent for him and set him free. The ruler of the nation opened his... Joseph was put in charge of all the king's household. He became ruler over all the king's... He could instruct the king's aides as he... And teach advisors. The last thing that God needed was Joseph to be some cocky little upstart in, in, in Egypt. While the prophetic awareness had been given to Abraham, to Joseph, to Moses, to David, the prophetic word had been given to them years earlier. They needed to each enter this state of flux, a season of uncertainty, so that God could prepare them for the future promises he had ordained, to help them to be the people for the promises he had given. Those times are extremely hard when you're in that state. Just read how David, in 1 Samuel 21, was prepared to humble himself, pretending to be mad as he hid behind enemy lines, drooling in his and scratching at doors. Remember that David had already, prior to that time, been anointed as, by Samuel as the king of Israel. Abraham honoured Melchizedek. Joseph, as an inner prisoner, serves the man in charge. Moses, once a becomes a shepherd, and along with David, they all learnt through time what it mean what it means to be to be humble, so that they could be and in the way they lived, and also be trained in the way that they led. Once again, for us today, when we enter into a state of flux, of uncertainty, we want to fight again to try and regain control. But we can learn from these people that regardless of how it came about, God wants to use it for your good. So don't try and don't fight against it or compromise yourself to while it can be humbling. God wants to help you to grow in character, to be a better person, transforming you so that you can have a great and blessing. Abraham, Joseph, Moses, David, and Paul all experience of uncertainty. But God used these times to do amazing in and through them. Abraham did indeed become the father of a great nation and we are blessed because of the blessings that were given to Abraham. Joseph learned how to serve with humility, saving the lives of thousands. Moses led with amazing humility sacrificial, seating on behalf of others, time, bringing them to the years later of the promised land, allowing them to be able to enter. David became known as a man after God's own and led the people um, of God. And from his ancestral line, Jesus the Messiah was Paul, became a transformative agent in the early church, planting faith community across Asia. So where do you find yourself today? Do you find yourself in a state of flux now? Or do you know someone who's going through that period? It can be unsettling. It can be difficult to know what is. But what? Through the example, there's an opportunity for us to respond to the thing and interacting with. And I invite you to pull out those response cards 
and there should be a pencil that you're also collected on. And there's a couple of questions or reflections that I've, I've got on the screen. First of all, invite God to be at work during this time of flux that you're in. Ask God to help you, but rather ask God to help you. Ask God to help you to grow in character through that. Or perhaps the area that you want to focus on is to ask God to be a blessing to Do you find yourself in a state of flux? Is the future? Then can I encourage you to think about those different and there might be one that stands out more. Take some time to reflect on that, to offer a prayer of based around that. And then those response cards, the pen and our offering. There's going to be some music played as we have some time.